Welcome to Healthcare Highwire, where we balance business with healthcare. Sandy has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our life plan communities. Today's host, Sandy Toole. Jennifer is the ANCC Accredited Provider Program Director and Mock Surveyor in the Health Services Division at LCS. She oversees the Life Care Services Accredited Provider Unit, which plans, develops, and executes ANCC Accredited Nursing Continuing Professional Development Education. Today's speaker, Jennifer Williams-Land. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to be discussing the Phase 3 Requirements of Participation for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Programs. I'm Sandy Toole, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jennifer Williams-Lamb. Just as a reminder, Phase 3 went into effect in 2019 with no interpretive guidance. Then, on June 29th of this year, CMS released the surveyor guidance, which will begin on October 24th, 2022. Our goal in this series is to just help you understand each of these changes and how you can better be prepared for them. Each podcast will showcase one of the changes taking place, and today we're going to be discussing pharmacy services. Hello, Jennifer, and thank you for being here. Hey, Sandy, it's good to be with you again, and um, we're here to help everyone to that may have some questions about the Phase 3 uh, requirements of participation changes. Um, so together, we're going to work through each area and have a better understanding and preparation for the October 24th, 2022 uh, deadline on that guidance. Great. Perfect. Well, Jennifer, do you want to tell our listeners what they can expect from this new series of podcasts? Absolutely. Um, each podcast covers one of the 14 areas with phase three changes. We will utilize information provided to us from CMS, ACA, and Leading Age. And as always, we reference the State Operations Manual, Appendix PP, to provide for you the same information that your state surveyors use when they come in to do the state survey. And I would advise that you download the SOM and follow along so that you get the most complete information. Great. Well, today, as we said, we're going to be discussing pharmacy services. And those tags under pharmacy services with the noted changes are F755, which is just the overall umbrella pharmacy services, F757, which is drug regimen is free from unnecessary drugs, and then F758, which is those unnecessary psychotropic medications and PRN use. Jen, would you like to define these tags for us? Absolutely. I think the best place to start is by finding out exactly what it is we're talking about. So let's get into those um, definitions. F-755, the umbrella of pharmacy services, states that the facility must establish a system of records of receipt and disposition of all controlled drugs in sufficient detail to enable an accurate reconciliation. The intent of this tag is for the facility to provide for a system of medication records that enables periodic accurate reconciliation and accounting for all controlled medications prompt identification of lost or potential diversion of controlled medications, and determination of the extent of loss or potential diversion of controlled medications. F-757, which is drug regimen is free from unnecessary drugs, 
basically says that the facility must ensure that each resident's drug regimen is free from unnecessary drugs. And an unnecessary drug is really any drug that when it's used without adequate monitoring or inadequate um, indications for its use or if it's used in excess. Um, F758, the drug regimen is free from unnecessary psychotropic meds and PRN use. Basically, it says that any drug that affects brain activities associated with mental processes and behaviors are those uh, type of drugs. Some of the categories include antipsychotics, hypnotics, antidepressants, anti-anxieties. Residents who have not used psychotropic drugs are not given these drugs unless the medication is necessary to treat a specific condition as diagnosed and documented in the clinical record. The intent of 757 and 758 is to ensure that each resident's drug regimen is managed and monitored to promote or maintain the resident's highest practicable mental, physical, and psychosocial well-being. GDRs are implemented unless contraindicated, and PRN orders for psychotropic medications are only used when the medication is necessary and it is limited. Oh, goodness, Jennifer. Thank you so much. You've really provided us with a great uh, definition of each of those affected F-tags. I'm, I'm wondering then, um, from a surveyor standpoint, what is the new guidance for each of these and how has it changed? Okay. Well, the new guidance, we'll start with uh, F755. Um, basically, it's in relation to the disposal of fentanyl patches. Fentanyl has been all over the place in the news and everywhere. So people are aware of of the fentanyl. So basically, it had been advised to fold the patch together with the sticky sides adhering to one another and then flushing that patch. Well, it's not always appropriate to dispose fentanyl patches through the fold and flush method. The Environmental Protection Agency does not classify fentanyl as hazardous. However, state and local laws may restrict the flushing of pharmaceuticals. So the guidance clarifies nursing homes um, that basically they may use drug disposal systems if they can show that the system minimizes accidental exposure or diversion. Disposal of fentanyl cannot be done via resident trash cans or the sharps containers as it does not minimize accidental exposure or diversion. The new guidance for F-757 states that surveyors are being directed to consider citing F-881 if there is unnecessary antibiotic use. The unnecessary antibiotic use may indicate that the facility is not implementing part or all of the antibiotic stewardship program, which includes using protocols that utilize an infection assessment tool, monitoring of antibiotic use, or feedback and education to prescribing providers. The new guidance for F758 states that CMS expanded the category of antipsychotic medications to the new category of psychotropic medications. A psychotropic medication is any drug that affects brain activities associated with mental processes and behaviors. Psychotropics include antipsychotics, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, and hypnotics. This change was made out of concern that nursing homes may increase the use of other psychotropics when trying to decrease the use of antipsychotics. So the new guidance suggests that these other medications are subject to the psychotropic medication requirements if it is shown that the new medication is used as a substitute for the antipsychotic medication. For example, 
a seizure medication prescribed for a resident who has never had seizures and the mechanism of the medication acts as a psychotropic falls under that guidance. Well, this is a lot of information to digest. And it sounds like you're saying that um, the opioid crisis is coming into play with a little bit of this with their overarching uh, uh, regulation of the fentanyl patches and the monitoring therein. It, it sounds like uh, that's finally caught up with us in this industry. And I think, Jen, it's possible that there are some communities out there who have changed diagnoses to fit in with the use of antipsychotics before giving someone um, Haldol and just giving them a diagnosis of schizophrenia so it does yes. not show up. So I think, you know, in a way, this is probably a good rule that CMS is changing. And, you know, I think just to summarize, it sounds like you're saying we could be cited for a deficiency in F755 if you don't have a good system to just reconcile those controlled medications um, using acceptable standards. And, and that sometimes is that shift to shift count that is conducted by the licensed nurses. Yes. And on top of that, making sure we have good safeguards in place to prevent loss and diversion. You've got your locked uh, medication carts and your locked med rooms and they're not left unattended. And then I think too, uh, F757 and 758. Uh, you could be cited because you don't have a good reason to use that medication and you lack the appropriate monitoring. Um, and maybe you don't try the non-drug methods to help that individual. So sounds like we've got some good explanations as to how those deficiencies could be cited. Well, Jen, what can we do to help everyone? What are we going to help them uh, to provide some assistance with compliance? Well, um, we have developed new uh, guidance forms with action item checklists for each of the new areas that you'll be receiving. Um, action items that you can start on right away include auditing your policy for fentanyl patch disposal, educating your staff on fentanyl patch disposal and what is and is not acceptable, uh, evaluate your current antibiotic stewardship program to ensure the use of antibiotics is not unnecessary. Identify any residents who may be taking a medication as a substitute for a psychotropic medication, including antihistamines, and review residents with a diagnosis of schizophrenia to determine if the medical record documentation supports that diagnosis. There should be six months of documented details prior to the start of antipsychotic medications to show that that resident definitely does have a uh, diagnosis of schizophrenia and is not, as you stated earlier, just something that's placed so that Haldol can be given. Um, and also evaluate the current policy and process for GDRs to ensure that they are occurring in increments outlined in the guidance which is two separate quarters with at least a month in between. And as we stated earlier, um, we're here to provide the most up-to-date information and to provide tools to assist you. So as new information comes in, we will definitely provide that to you, and we are developing tools to make that easier. The guidance forms with the action item checklist will get you ready prior to the October 24th, 2022 deadline and beyond. Well, I think this was some great information and a really good start on understanding the pharmacy service changes that we're going to be experiencing. Um, as we mentioned earlier, 
As we learn more, and if CMS makes any additional changes in these regulations, we're going to continue to provide that information through these podcasts and, of course, through our email reminders. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for the continuing series of podcasts outlining the changes and guidance for requirements of participation. I really hope that you're finding this discussion to be beneficial, and uh, we will continue to provide these and hope that you join us uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, And thank you, Jennifer. I look forward to our next discussion. Thank you, Sandy. I enjoyed being here with you and um, talking to our listeners. Well, thanks so much to everyone. This is Sandy Toole and Jennifer Williams-Lamb signing off. I hope you join us again next time on Healthcare Highwire.